going on, Rodney here? I just wanted to make this video to share the authority framework and the three secrets to growing your audience and establishing your brand in your industry. My name is Rodney Hu, and this is the framework of me going through a process and just documenting that process and organizing all of the high-level topics that I learned relating back to the healthcare industry. But this quote, before we even start, this quote is really resonates with the topic that we'll be talking about. It goes, one piece of a log creates a small fire adequate to warm you up. Add just a few more pieces to blast an immense bonfire large enough to warm up your entire circle of friends. So my goal with this framework is to show you how to take that spark and turn it into that flame, that bonfire, so you can influence a larger amount of people. Who am I? Who's Rodney? So originally about me, my background is in the healthcare industry. I'm an MRI technologist, but it wasn't until I went through the patient journey myself that I really cemented my interest in this industry. But during the process, I was exposed to a lot of different healthcare professionals and a lot of different healthcare technology that I wasn't aware of. And so I was like, damn, I've seen an opportunity to bridge that gap between what people know and what people don't know. And so that was like the idea I had. And Originally, like when I started reaching out to people to share this idea with them, I had no authority, no credibility. Nobody was interested. I really wasn't getting any like good feedback, but I just kept doing it. <laughs> and I started to learn the power of a platform and how the people who leverage platforms in their overall strategy, how they benefit from it. And so I decided to create my own podcast and then just in doing so, repeating the process over and over that led to like new opportunities. So I wanted to document the process of what I had, what I was doing and mindset behind some of the things and turn that into the framework, which is what I'll share with you guys right now. So the big picture strategy is to grow your audience and establish brand awareness in your industry. So there's three secrets to that. Secret number one is to leverage other people's audience, even if you don't have a large audience of your own. I'll show you how to do that. Secret number two, systemize your own content to attract your ideal audience and really just maximizing the content that you're creating. And the number three is the Trojan horse strategy to turn attention into opportunity. Take that negative connotation of the Trojan horse and turn it into something positive. Secret number one, leveraging other people's audience, even if you don't have a large audience of your own. So the idea behind this is to surround yourself with people who already have the attention of your target audience. So who is it that you're trying to target? Where is their attention? Who has their attention already? Collaborate with key influencers within that industry, within that space. And you will be able to leverage their credibility and their influence. And a certain percentage of their following will be exposed to you. And a certain percentage of that exposure will come to you, which gives you a increased opportunity to be able to nurture those relationships and reach a wider audience. But you got to figure out how to create a win-win situation, make it valuable for both parties. So you just want to reach out, collaborate with people who who have their attention. Like I said, if they're a YouTube channel, you would go on YouTube and search up something within your niche. For example, in the healthcare industry, there's a YouTube channel called The Medical Futurist, creates content around the healthcare industry. If I was trying to collaborate and reach a large audience, this would be the kind of profile, persona 
that you would want to collaborate with. And if your audience listens to podcasts, you can go to Spotify, look up, type in your keyword and look up podcasts. And all of these podcasts right here would be related. For example, I typed in health tech because that's related to my industry. And all of these podcasts pop up. So if I want to collaborate with anybody, or if you're in the healthcare industry looking for health tech podcasts to collaborate with, all of these would be potential prospects right here, potential partners. And so also when you're reaching out to collaborate with people, you want to decide whether it's your platform or their platform that you want to leverage. And there's benefits, pros and cons to both, which I'll share with you. But essentially, it's the power of having this distribution platform and the mindset behind it, which is key. But I'll give you an example of both. So your platform right here I have in the middle, it's a YouTube series from First We Feast called The Hot Ones, in which the host, this guy right here, he interviews celebrities and influencers while eating spicy chicken wings. And they progressively get hotter until the last one is their own product. And that's like their main product that they sell or that they did. And so what they did is collaborate with celebrities and influencers with large audiences, bring them onto their show. Like right here, you have actors, you have actresses, you have comedians, you have celebrity chefs, celebrity scientists who all have a following. And so when their following came onto their platform, a certain percentage of that following came to the show and was exposed to this platform. And then a certain percentage of that exposure stuck with the, this platform. And then they were able to just indoctrinate them into their world of content that they create and then just nurture those relationships with people. Now they're selling products to them, even more than just hot sauce. They are able to offer other products, but they grew their platform by surrounding themselves with a very specific audience, <laughs> people who had large followings. And an example of their platform, leveraging other people's platform. Right here, I have the example of the Jabwalkies, a West Coast dance crew. They first hit the scene in 2008, 2009, and became like a national sensation, one of those top dance crews. But it's 2021, and they're still relevant, and they still remain one of the top entertainment crews around right now. And they do that by like staying relevant, leveraging other people's audience, like knowing who their target audience and demographic is and who to collaborate with within that market to reach them. For example, you got on the top left, a dance icon, Hip Hop Harry, which is within the same industry, the dance industry, but just targeting or collaborating with somebody who has a younger demographic so that their brand is exposed to a younger demographic within the dance community. On the bottom left, they performed at the NBA Finals for the Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors are a West Coast team. The Jabwalkies are a West Coast dance crew, both bay, based out of the Bay Area. And so they're able to collaborate with them or leverage opportunities because of their status to be able to perform in, on the NBA Finals. And so now their brand is being promoted by the NBA and basketball teams. So they're just getting promoted by these large followings and staying relevant. On the bottom, you have Jabbaki's in the music video with the baby. Music industry, dance industry, natural collaboration, but they stay collaborating with artists who are at the top so that they remain relevant. They collaborate with people that 
have the attention. And it's just an attention arbitrage, really. Last example, top Jabwakis are mainly Filipino crew, right? In the top is a Filipino comedian. And so they collaborated with a fellow Filipino, really, and just promoted themselves to the Filipino audience and even broader, the Asian community, the dance community. But this is just an example of how this specific brand knows how to collaborate and create content that is being exposed from other people's audiences. Some questions to ask at this stage are, who is your target audience? Who is it that you're trying to get the attention of? And who already has the attention of that target audience? Then how can you create a win-win scenario for collaboration, whether it's entertainment, education, inspiration, try to figure out what sort of relationship you can have to make it a win-win and then decide on whether it's your platform versus their platform, decide on one of those two mediums or a mix of both. And then what are other people in my industry having success with? So you don't have to reinvent the wheel, just figure out what other people are doing and model after that, model after success, systemizing your content to attract your ideal audience. This is really just maximizing all your effort that you're putting into creating content and amplifying it every which way that you can. So I should go back. And the way to do that would be to start large and then just break it down. That's what I mean by that is to create long form content and think 15, 20, 30 minutes, even longer if you want, and then figure out how to repurpose that and promote it in a way that gives you credibility in the key topics that you're trying to reach. And so you create the long form content and then you can repurpose it into either free content or premium content. So examples of free would be anything in audio, video, or text format, whether it's a videogram, quote, graphic, infographic, anything that you would post to social media to free value. But the goal would be to drive that attention, that awareness, that traffic down to premium content where there's a value exchange where you collect at least their name or their email in exchange for the premium content, whether it be an ebook, a template, a trial or a promotion or registration for a webinar or event. And so these are just different little pieces of the puzzle. But understanding the type of content from a high level, which is the problem that you're solving. So when we look at it from a high level, the pillar content would be content around how you're helping your customers, that long form content, whatever it is, then you would repurpose, take the little gold snippets, the gold nuggets from that content, repurpose and distribute it to all the social channels that your target audience is already at. If they're not on Instagram, don't do Instagram. If they're on YouTube and LinkedIn, just stick to those two. But wherever their attention is, be there, create a sense of omnipresence because over time that visibility becomes credibility and a certain percentage of that exposure is going to stick. And then a certain percentage of the exposure that sticks is going to stick even longer and grow. And the whole goal is to get them to the next stage, which is to the premium content, which is that value exchange. So he's, these are a couple healthcare-related examples of people who are creating content. On the top left, you have a doctor who has a YouTube channel. He just creates a doctor's perspective of like T 
TV shows like House and Grey's Anatomy and those type of shows. Kevin MD, he runs a pretty high traffic blog and he also has a podcast. So he's creating content in multiple formats and remaining relevant. The bottom three are healthcare companies that are really good at creating content that answers people's questions. If you search anything related to healthcare symptoms or anything, a lot of the times these are the top three resources that pop up. So that means the long-term impact of the content that they're creating is really paying off for them. So if there was content or that I would want to model after to see what's being successful, these are five examples I would check out. So some questions to ask at this stage would be, what content does your target audience consume? Audio, video, text, then figure out who's making content in there, in those verticals and how, what kind. And then how can you maximize each piece of content that you create? So that long form content, one piece of content can be turned into 10, 20, maybe even 30 content assets, depending on the subject matter. Number three is which social media platforms will you use for distribution? Understand where your audience is at. Understand the key platforms that they would be at in order to create the opportunities that you're looking for. Put you in a better position to capitalize on those opportunities. And then understand the goal of the content. You got to have a plan. You got to have a vision. You got to have an intent behind everything that you're doing. Otherwise, it's going to be easy to fall off. If you got a plan, you got a goal, you got a script to stick to. And then number five, do you have old content that you can refresh and repurpose? Yeah, a lot of people just create content and let it sit and let it die. But secret trick is you can just repurpose it as long as it's valuable. Just keep it top of mind. Information value never really fades if it's good. And then the secret number three is the Trojan horse strategy to turn attention into opportunity. So the Trojans pull up with the horse, deceived their enemy. I'm talking about the Trojan horse of giving value up front. And then when an opportunity presents itself, you're in a better position to capitalize on that opportunity because of how you positioned yourself, the leverage that you've gained. It may not be prominent right now, but when the opportunity is there and you're in a better position, you'll know. So how does this relate back to what we're talking about? The purpose is to indoctrinate people into your world. You want people, once they're aware of who you are and see your content, you want them to stick with you and understand like your mission, your vision and how you can help them in their journey or whatever your goal is. And you want to position yourself as that authority, as somebody who's a credible source really for whatever source of information that you're looking for. And then as you start doing this, you start building new connections, new relationships, and you start to nurture those relationships through the content that you're putting out and like pretty much your brand. And this is also a way to simplify that whole process so you understand each stage, each phase that one needs to go through in order to create a winning opportunity. So your target goal, begin with the end in mind and reverse engineer the process. So understand whether you're trying to go for leads, you're trying to educate your audience, trying to go for sales. 
understand the goals within each one of those buckets and which one you need to prioritize. And then once you prioritize it, you reverse engineer the process to achieving it. So you want to choose a funnel to achieve that goal. So whether it's trying to generate leads, you have a lead funnel, trying to educate, you have a content funnel, or you have a sales funnel, and just understanding the different elements that need to be built out in order to really make all of this effort as efficient as possible. And so what a conversion journey really would look like is you qualify them, you sift through them, figure out which ones are good and bad. You sort them out and segment them and you just screen them. You go through that discovery process and then you go through the business process until you come out with the win. But at each stage, you're getting more and more specific on who's right. So a certain percentage qualify, certain percentage of those that qualify get put onto the next stage and so on. But understanding the goal and the funnel to do this just also want to beware of your shadow funnel and what i just explained is the regular funnel that people would go through before doing business with you but before even doing business with you as they hear about you and they see your content and they do their own research on you and so they go through that google rabbit hole and look up information relating to you and your personal brand and your company brand so creating content and surrounding yourself, collaborating with key members in your target audience, people who they may be aware of, you're able to leverage their credibility to boost your own in order to accelerate people through the shadow funnel faster and with a positive experience to go into the regular funnel. That's what will move people down through the next stage of the funnel. And that credibility really helps. So some questions to ask at this stage are, what is the result that you want? What are the actions you want your traffic to take? Like after they're aware of you, what is the next step? And then what is the next step? So determine that step-by-step process. And what processes need to be set up in order to handle all the incoming traffic? Like what are the key elements that need to be built out? What are the tasks and stuff that need to be set up? Who needs to do what and when? Number four, is your shadow funnel helping or hurting your strategy? So I would go back and do an audit of if you're, you were your customer and you were searching up topics either directly relating to your company or your brand or indirectly, like what would they be finding and what that research would be? Would it be to your advantage or would it be to your detriment? Then number five, how can you accelerate people through that shadow funnel really just going through that collaboration process, surrounding yourself with like-minded individuals that target audience. And over time, that exposure, that growth becomes exponential, reach a larger amount of people more rapidly. So to recap, the three pretty much stages, secrets, whatever we covered is to leverage other people's audience, even if you don't have a large audience of your own, to systemize your content, to attract your ideal audience. And number three, the Trojan horse strategy to turn that attention into new winning opportunities. This is all three of those little pieces of the framework kind of put together. As you can see, the first one, surrounding yourself, collaborating, 
taking that attention, creating content, maximizing that content with and publishing it with an intent to get it to premium content, that value exchange to build that relationship, get them through your conversion funnel, qualify, sift, sort, and screen to get them winning opportunities. But that's the step-by-step high-level stages of the process of the authority framework. And these are some results that you can get. It's just these are this is my calendar specifically on how many people were just scheduling calls with me after I created my own platform. And instead of me always having to reach out to people, which I still did, a lot of people just scheduled on my calendar because of the platform I created and what they heard. And then it also leads to more conversations, more opportunities. And these conversations don't even have to be related to your business. Like, for example, I had a guest get me a new microphone. I've had conversations with people that's led to different business ventures. And if you're very strategic about how you go about creating the content, then it can really pay off when leveraging the strategy to position yourself as an authority, as a credible resource within an industry. So you now have a framework to grow your audience and then establish your brand awareness. So this is pretty much authority marketing, the strategic process of systematically positioning your person or organization as a leader and expert. And over time, consistency, the growth becomes exponential. Now you're playing chess, not checkers. You're thinking steps ahead, except to just make a list for all these different people. If you're in the healthcare industry, digital health, here's 150 people that you can go out and collaborate with, reach out to them, collaborate, grow your audience, get exposure. This is how you leverage the internet to really maximize any energy that you put out. So that being said, thank you. My name is Rodney Hu. This is the Authority Framework. We out.